Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. And on today's show, we begin the 2022 Locked on Titans NFL Draft preview with the quarterback position. The Titans could be big game hunting at quarterback in the draft. I'll go over all of the top prospects and we'll also take a look at some prospects that could be available in the mid-rounds for the Titans. So a complete profile of the quarterback position in the 2022 NFL Draft on a Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Kicking off the draft scouting process here on the Locked On Titans podcast as we approach the 2022 NFL Draft. We're going to talk about the top prospects at quarterback. We're going to talk about some mid-round and some late-round options as well. Before we get into today's discussion, do got to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen Every day, if this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. You can find the show everywhere and always free. And that includes on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe over there as well. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. And hit that thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube right now. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, on Facebook, at Locked On Titans Pod. And this is an especially good day to check out the YouTube channel. I'm going to be adding some visual elements to the, the draft scouting process here on the show. Excited to kind of throw some of those out at you guys and get your feedback. So make sure you check out the video version of the pod. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Been a Tennessee Titans fanatic for close to 25 years. Certified film junkie as well. Going to be breaking down the Titans, talking all the news and the notes, but also focusing on the X's and O's. But with all that being said, let's dive into my number one top quarterback prospect, and that is going to be Malik Willis. Malik Willis from Liberty quarterback, six foot one, 219 pounds, and Malik Willis gives you everything you want athletically. He's got a really good arm, uh, really a cannon on him, quite frankly, and he's incredibly mobile, incredibly athletic. He's a dynamic runner. Here's what I would say, though. With that cannon arm comes some poor judgment on throw power situations, is what I would call it. Uh, when do you want to lob the ball? When do you want to rocket it in there? When do you need a little bit more touch on it? The amount of touch, the amount of arc, the amount of power. Uh, Malik Willis is still kind of figuring all of that out right now, and that's perfectly fine. You'd rather have a guy who you got to have figure that out than a guy who's not capable of making certain throws out on the field. So you love to see that from Malik Willis. Probably his top trait is that cannon arm and that mobility. And speaking of that mobility, a dynamic runner, as I said, not just scrambling around, buying time in the pocket, but actually running down the field. If Malik Willis was a running back and wanted to switch positions, he would be drafted. He's that talented of a runner. Now, with that talent, 
He can get a little bit of greedy with his playmaking. He always wants to hit the home run. He believes in his talent, and he should. So he's always moving around, trying to make a big play, when in reality, it would be better to take the sack, throw the ball out of bounds, hit the check down. He's a guy who has a tendency to look for those big plays and hold the ball and eventually get himself in some tough situations. And when you get to the NFL, and especially playing at Liberty, the competition, the speed is going to be so much higher at the NFL that he simply isn't going to be able to make those home run plays and those dynamic plays at the same rate that he did in college. Now, outside of what's on the football field, he is a great leader. He's a smart guy. He's been impressing teams on the whiteboard throughout the draft process. That's been all the scuttle. But um, I've seen a ton of different comparisons pro-wise for Malik Willis. I like the Cordell Stewart comparison throwback for you guys there. But one that really comes up to me is kind of a, a souped-up version of Jalen Hurts. For the Eagles, you're going to have to have an offense that utilizes quarterback run. You're going to have to make sure that you put him in good situations and don't ask him to do too much. Take advantage of that athletic ability early on. Allow him to catch up to speed with the speed of the NFL, how the windows close, when he can make plays, when he should scramble, when he needs to check down. All of that needs to be worked on, but just an incredible package right now, and I expect Malik Willis to be the first quarterback taken or um, if he isn't, I think there's a big mistake that's going to be made, and you'll see why I feel that way uh, going forward. Quarterback number two on my list. Excited to go over this one with you guys, but it is going to be Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, and obviously he has gotten a lot of buzz when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. Let me just say this now. I like Ritter as a prospect, and I would be 100% okay if the Tennessee Titans found a way to get Ritter on board. I'm fine with the package and what he brings to the table, and I also do believe that early he, you know, Titans fans are worried because the Titans have a good roster now that looks like they're able to compete for a championship, and they think if you just upgrade at quarterback, well, if you take a big project, it's going to be much tougher to get that done. But you bring in a guy like Desmond Ritter, and I think uh, Ritter, uh, even with the comparisons to pro players, fits exactly what the Tennessee Titans need. So six foot three, two hundred and eleven pounds. You love the size. It's prototypical, prototypical size for an NFL quarterback. So you like to see that. Also, coming from Cincinnati, the Tennessee Titans connection, Mike Vrabel is best friends with Cincinnati's head coach. Luke Fickle was the best man in Mike Vrabel's wedding. So they're going to know everything they need to know about Desmond Ritter. Diving into my analysis here. Uh, the mental aspect of the game is just the biggest plus that Ritter could have. He understands NFL passing concepts. He understands route combinations. He's the quickest processor in terms of my read. First, second, third, half field, combo routes. What am I looking for? Figure out what I need to do against the defense that I'm being presented and get the ball to the right guy. Ritter is the best in the class at that. So you love to see all of that. He's a leader. He's a tough guy. He's a, a longtime starter in Cincinnati, one of the winningest quarterbacks in college football history. So there's production, there's experience, and uh, there's, like I said, the mental aspect of the game. Ritter checks all the boxes. But moving forward outside of that to some of the, some of the traits that you're looking for on the field, uh, 
Ritter has great arm strength, really good arm. The entire playbook's going to be open. The entire field is going to be uh, serviceable when you have Desmond Ritter. No reservations on arm talent. Mobility, he has really good mobility for a guy his size. Uh, similar to Marcus Mariota, he's got good long speed. Not necessarily a shifty guy like a Lamar Jackson or a Michael Vick, but good long speed. A guy who can get downhill when you think about the bootlegs and the RP and the read option that the Titans like to run. How often is Ryan Tannehill just get a straight line down the field and can take advantage because of the long speed in that way? Kind of similar to Ryan Tannehill. Now, the issues here, accuracy. Ritter has struggled with his ball placement throughout times, and a lot of that has to do with he's got some issues with footwork, but he also has an elongated throwing motion. He's improved throughout the course of his college career with his throwing motion, but it's something that has to has to get tighter. He kind of loops it backwards, and you can even see it. If you look at the picture that I've been showing of Desmond Ritter, you can see how his arm is so far away from his body. He's just got a long throwing motion that needs to be tightened up. Uh, the re release is quick, but the windup itself uh, needs to be tampered down for Desmond Ritter. But overall, I really like him. He needs a run game. He needs play action and scheme throws. Uh, but he's the closest to being NFL ready of any quarterback in this draft, except maybe Kenny Pickett. So love Desmond Ritter as a pros uh, prospect. He is my quarterback too. But we're going to move into the next set of the top tier quarterbacks. I would say there's about three more quarterbacks that are in my tier one. We're going to talk about those guys in just a second. Before we get into it, do want to tell you guys about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs. They have everything that you could be looking for for a gambling site. You're going to get the latest props, the latest odds. You get live betting. You get esports. You get score updates. Uh, it's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. And the Masters is this weekend. Get in your bets right now for the greatest event. In golf, I'm so excited. I'm sure you guys can tell. But place all those bets over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. Titans fans, let's continue this Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We're breaking down the quarterback position in the NFL draft. We just talked about my QB1, Malik Willis. My QB2, Desmond Ritter. Very excited to continue talking about the top tier of quarterbacks in the draft. Got three more prospects at the top that we're going to discuss now. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk about some of the mid-round prospects, some of the late-round guys who could be options as well. Before we get into that, I do got to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Also check out the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm the host of the Thursday show, so if you check it out today, you're going to be hearing uh, my sweet, sultry voice breaking down Stephon Diggs' new deal and talking about A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, and the potential deals that they'll be getting. So make sure you check out the Locked On NFL podcast. It's your national news Monday through Friday in under 30 minutes. It's a perfect companion with the Locked On Titans podcast. So you get your favorite team news and then you get your national NFL news all in one package every single morning. It's free and available on all platforms. But moving forward, 
I hope you guys are enjoying some of the visual aspects that I'm trying to add to the show. I know that my usage of them is maybe a little bit clunky, but I'm working through uh, how to do it as quick and as seamless as possible. I don't have a uh, an entire production group in a different room like ESPN or so, but I think... Uh, I think they're doing pretty good. I think they're pretty good. Let me know in the comments how you feel about some of the uh, visual aspects I'm trying to add into the show, and hopefully I can improve my game as these quarterbacks try to improve their game as they get to the next level, and the next level is where I intend to go on the Locked On Titans podcast. But we talked about Malik Willis as QB1. We talked about Desmond Ritter as QB2. Now we need to talk about my QB3, and it's Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Six foot two. 212 pounds. Um, I have a funny comparison for uh, Matt Corral that I think is uh, is a pretty good one, quite frankly. I call him Reckless Russell Wilson. Okay, it's not perfect. He is six foot two, uh, but you know he's. I don't want to say he's a smaller guy because he's six foot two, but he's very skinny. He's a really skinny prospect, and you want him to put on some weight, and that is accentuated uh, by the fact that he's reckless. It's just it's just crazy to watch him on tape the way that he runs. But we'll get into that. Number one, he is a dual threat prospect. He's got good mobility. Uh, he's got really, I mean, the thing that impressed me is his pocket presence. The way he moves around the pocket and jumps in between defenders and gets up in the middle of the pocket. I mean, he's just really good with that pocket presence. Some guys just look like short stops when they're out there, the way that they're able to kind of work in between tight spots and quickly get to one place. I don't know how else to explain it other than watching Russell Wilson navigate a pocket. I mean, just excellent stuff. Uh, he keeps his eyes downfield while he's navigating that rush. He can step up, will run through, but he still keeps his eyes up to make sure that he's making plays in the passing game. We talked about Desmond Ritter having an elongated throwing motion. Okay, Matt Corral is the opposite. His motion is quick. That's why I bring up a shortstop, a baseball player. His motion is so tight, so compact, so quick. Um, and he's very accurate. He has displayed accuracy on all three levels throughout. Um, he does struggle at times with his deep ball accuracy. That's the only thing that I think could get better. Uh, but accuracy, short accuracy, intermediate. Like I said, it gives you baseball player vibes with how he moves around different arm angles, being accurate all over the field. And I really like that combination. Um, like I said, though, reckless. He takes big hits when he runs the ball. He had some turnover issues in the past. Got better in 2021. Didn't have a lot of interceptions, but he's had some turnover issues in the past because he could just be a tad bit reckless. And when he gets into the NFL, they are going to have to teach him to slide to avoid contact because he is going to get murdered if he tries to play with that style in the NFL. Now, one thing I will say is, I wouldn't consider Matt Corral pro-ready. He had an RPO-heavy system at Ole Miss. Quick reads, screens, double-move passes when he went down the field on things that were wide open. One read. Uh, Lane Kiffin, great offensive mind and play caller. He made it easy for him. So, I think Corral would need a year sitting to get used to NFL concepts. But, for me, if I think Ritter and Willis and my QB5 are all going to be gone by the time the Titans pick. If the Titans were to take Matt Corral, I, I, I am perfectly fine with it. I think he's got superstar potential here. I really do. 
with his playmaking, with his accuracy, with his dual threat ability. Again, you got to tame down the wild animal. He's a bit reckless. But if a team can do that and get him up to speed on the mental aspects of the game, add a little bulk, tamper down the reckless behavior, and get him up to speed mentally, I mean, you have a really, really good football player uh, in Matt Corral. I think he could be like a, like a Daniel Jones, but a, a better version without the turnovers. You know what I mean? I, I like Matt Corral a lot. Quarterback four for me, Sam Howell from North Carolina. So lately I've been seeing uh, people... Online, getting pretty excited about Sam Howe for the Titans. I just don't think I'm there. Six foot one, 220 pounds. Now, in 2021, he had, I will not want to call it a down season, but not as good as 2020, but he lost Daimi Brown. He lost Daz Newsome. He lost Michael Carter. Uh, he lost Javante Williams. I mean, it was a totally worse supporting cast in 2021 for Sam Howe, but he is a great deep ball thrower. I think that Tampa Bay should be looking at Sam Howe because Bruce Arians and the offense that he's installed, deep vertical passing, I think that would be a perfect fit. Uh, like I said, he wants to throw deep balls. He's got good arm strength. I wouldn't call it elite, but he just has really good feel on the deep ball to go along with the good arm strength, and that has allowed him to be one of the best deep ball throwers in college football. He's also mobile as well. He ran a lot more in 2021, but I think it's because he didn't trust his supporting cast. Guys weren't as open as they had been before, but when he runs, it reminds me, I know this is a lazy comparison because white quarterback, North Carolina, but he reminds me of Mitch Trubisky. That, that's what I see when I see Sam Howell run. He's thick, he's squatty. He's hard. It almost reminds me of Tim Tebow, the way that he runs as obviously not as good as a, a college player, but just that thick, strong-bodied quarterback, not super tall like Josh Allen, uh, you know, more truncated than that. But I just think that he's got a good ability and he's a good, tough runner. But do you really want your quarterback to be a tough runner at the next level? I mean, you don't want your quarterback to run enough and to be tough. Just get down. So I don't know how much that will help him, but the mobility is there, so he's not a minus. I like that. He moves around in the pocket very well. He's got good pocket presence. He keeps his eyes up and downfield to make sure he's throwing the ball. Now, the one thing that bothers me is his placement on throws. He makes it harder for his wide receivers to get yards after the catch ability at certain times. And the scheme that he was in, like we talked about with Corral, RPO heavy, one read, two-man route combinations, not a lot of reading the field and reading progressions. So that's something that, you know, how doesn't have to do as often as some other quarterbacks. But, you know, that's becoming more common in college football. It's hard to, you know, hate on something like that when almost all these quarterbacks are doing heavy RPO systems and spread systems and things like that. So there's going to be a transition there. Um, he ran a lot more in 2021, like I said, showcased that mobility so you feel good there. He doesn't make enough anticipatory throws for me. Kind of likes to see the guy be open before he throws it, but it's not that he can't do it. It's just, just that you haven't seen a lot of it. You've seen some, you've seen flashes, but you haven't seen it consistently. So maybe it's there and it's just something that he wasn't able to, to showcase enough in college and it'll be there. A lot of people are comparing him to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I would do that, uh, like a Baker Mayfield-Mitch Trubisky uh, hybrid. That's what I would call it. But uh, Sam Howell, good prospect, late first round, early second round, but I'm not really jonesing 
to have him on the Titans. I would prefer Corral or Ritter or Malik Willis as I have the quarterbacks ranked. And then my fifth and final quarterback in kind of the top tier is Kenny Pickett. Now, some people consider him the number one quarterback uh, in the draft right now. Uh, He might be the most pro-ready. Him and Ritter are fighting for it. If you want to win right away and you want it with a rookie, that's why Carolina is kind of um, being rumored to to have their eye on Kenny Pickett at six because he can come in right away and actually help you win. Six foot three, two hundred and seventeen pounds, uh, really accurate. I mean, that is the number one thing that sticks out. Incredibly accurate, especially when he gets out of the pocket. He starts making plays outside the pocket with his feet. Uh, he is. Accurate. Now, he has a tendency to miss high because he'll throw off his back foot when he tries to throw deep. I think it's because he's loading up because he doesn't have an incredible arm. He's got a good enough arm. It's not below average by any means, but it's just average. It's just a box-checking arm, not really an elite arm like with Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter. Um, He's really good at going through his progressions, reads the field. He's smart with the ball. He does have a tendency to hold the ball too long, though, because he knows He's not mobile. He's not, uh, I don't want to say he's not athletic because he's good at navigating the pocket, but he's not a runner like these other guys that we've talked about. So he knows that. So he wants to throw the ball. He doesn't want to run out of the pocket. He doesn't want to make plays with his legs. He wants to get rid of the ball. And sometimes he'll hold the ball too long or he'll force the ball into situations because he wants to avoid running. Uh, He can make all the throws, uh, but he has to do it intelligently. He has to... Uh, anticipate throws to get it there. He's got to put it with good touch. He's got to have good technique because he doesn't have a rocket arm, even if it is good. Now, off the field, tough. He's a leader, plays with poise, all of that stuff, and that goes into kind of the NFL-ready model uh, that we've discussed. But for me, I like Kenny Pickett, but everyone talking about him being quarterback one or um, you know going top 10 in the draft, I just don't see it, guys. I just don't, I'm not there. With Kenny Pickett. I'm not there. Uh, I got him as quarterback five. I think he has the least upside of any of the guys that we talked about. So with that in mind, I'm not taking Teddy Bridgewater in the top ten. And that's what I kind of see from Pickett as a Teddy Bridgewater type guy. If you're Matt Rule from Carolina, you want to win right now and have a rookie to help save your job, then go ahead. But for my money, he's QB five and I wouldn't be interested in the first round, but that's going to do it for the top tier guys. We're going to get into some of the mid tier, some of the late round options that the Titans could have. And, uh, before we get into that, though, do just want to tell you guys about the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. It's Monday through Friday. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker breaking down the NFL draft from two angles, the prospect aspect of things with big boards and mock drafts and profiles, but they're also looking at it from a front office perspective as well. So make sure you check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, free and available on all platforms. Titans fans, let's cap off this Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We're breaking down quarterback prospects in the draft. I just went over my top five quarterbacks. Now it's time to get into some of the mid-tier guys, some of the late-round options that the Titans could have. So we're going to dive into that before we do. want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day, even though that I let you guys behind the curtain, let you see my notepad and my notes here. Um, uh, subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. I'm going to be breaking down every single position in the draft, going position by position through the offense, through the defense. Last year, we went over around 180 
NFL prospects. We're going to be right around that number again, and I'm going to talk about it from a Titans angle, of course. And that's where I want to start before we get into these late-round guys, or mid-round, late-round. I don't want any of these guys. If the Titans think they need another quarterback, then draft one high. Go through the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Very rare, There's like three of them that weren't drafted in the first or second round. Most of them are just first round. Now that Andy Dalton isn't a starter. I mean, really. Think about it. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think. Uh, Dak Prescott. Tom Brady. Kirk Cousins. But I mean, outside of that group, there's one more in there somewhere. I know you guys can let me know down in the comments. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, second round pick. Uh, I mean, at, at this point, it's obvious. If you want an heir apparent for Ryan Tannehill, you got to get him in the first round. Plus, you get that extra fifth year option and team control. I mean, if the Titans want a quarterback, get it in the first round. If not, then. You're looking at a backup anyway. And are any of these guys that I'm about to go over that much better than Logan Woodside? No. Do any of the guys I'm about to talk about really have starting level quarterback potential? Maybe, but the odds are incredibly low. So, I don't want any of these quarterbacks, but you never know. The Titans could look to add some competition for Logan Woodside. So, let's go over the next tier of quarterbacks here. Uh, Carson Strong from Nevada, six foot three. 226 pounds, got a rocket launcher, massive arm. Uh, he's accurate. He gets through his progressions. He's got full command of an offense. He was able to adjust protections. He was able to audible, um, all that stuff at the line of scrimmage. Now, he has a tendency to drift in the pocket backwards because I think he's a little worried about the knee and he knows he doesn't have mobility to take off through the pocket. So he tries to drift backwards. He wants to throw the ball no matter what. He's got no mobility. He's a statue, old-school quarterback. Uh, I've seen comparisons to Drew Locke, heard a comparison to Drew Bledsoe. He's an old-age quarterback. He'd probably be a first-round pick in the 90s, but with a degenerative knee issue, uh, coming out of uh, college, kind of reminds me of Davis Mills to a point. Strong-arm quarterback, statue guy, some knee problems. Uh, Carson Strong may have the potential. He's the only quarterback I'm going to mention in this segment that has potential to be a starting quarterback, but I don't I don't personally see it. Uh, I would draft him in, in probably the end of the second, third round. But uh, yeah, Carson Strong from Nevada, your typical prototypical NFL pocket passer with uh, a long-term knee issue that will probably drop him way down boards. Next, you have Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. Some people fawned over him in the draft process. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, he's six foot one, 215 pounds, so he doesn't have... Ideal size. He's really accurate, but it's certainly not perfect. He'll have the tendency to miss throws, uh, but the accuracy probably the best part of his game. He does know where he should go with the ball. He understands how to read the defense, what the route concept is, and he's confident in his arm, but too confident. He doesn't have the arm strength to try to fit the ball into certain windows, and if you can't fit the ball into those windows in college, playing at Western Kentucky, how are you going to fit those balls into windows in the NFL? He's not a plus athlete. Doesn't have a plus arm. He's undersized. Um, maybe he gets so smart and so intelligent and so quick, and he's in the right, you know, West Coast scheme with quick passing game. He could be an Andy Dalton or uh, like a Washington Alex Smith. I've seen him compared to, but outside of that, 
don't see anything more than just a career backup for Bailey Zappi. Uh, Jack Cohn from Notre Dame, six foot three, two hundred seventeen pounds. He's like Sam, uh, not Sam Howell, but Carson Strong. He's got that prototypical. NFL pocket passer size. He can throw the ball down the field. He's accurate when you keep him in structure, but when you ask him to make second reaction plays, when the pressure gets in his face, uh, he loses accuracy. He may read the play well, but without any mobility, he really suffers if the first read or a second read isn't open. Uh, so career backup most likely uh, for Cone from Notre Dame. Then you have Caleb Ellerby. From Western Michigan, six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, like Bailey Zappi, he's undersized. He's got an average arm, but he has much more mobility. He moves well in the pocket. He ran RPO, zone read stuff, and a spread offense. He had a lot of success. He was very productive statistically. So maybe that confidence and and an understanding of that type of offense, if he's put in the right system in the NFL, could result in in a couple of good seasons. Uh, but I doubt it looks more like a career backup as well. Same thing with Dustin Crum from Kent State, six foot three, 210 pounds. He's mobile, but he, he's got limited throwing talent. Not great with ball placement, not great with accuracy, not elite arm strength. So he's got some mobility. He's a big bodied guy. Maybe you work on the arm and he turns into a, a good backup for you. Lastly, you got guys like Skylar Thompson from Kansas State, six foot one, 220. Chase Garber. From California, 6'2", 225. Brock Purdy from Iowa, 6'1", 220. Derek King from uh, Florida, 5'9", 202 pounds. Give you that mobile guy. Uh, if you want to back up, all those guys are options on day three. Talking uh, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round type guys. Uh, but again, I don't think the Titans should be interested in a backup quarterback. They have Logan Woodside. Keep him around. There's no reason. I mean, go with Kevin Hogan then if you want competition. Uh, go sign a veteran, whatever you want to do there. But I don't think any of these back-end guys that we just discussed, Strong, Zappy, Cone, Ellerby, Crum, Thompson, Garber, Purdy, King, I mean, none of these guys are worth a draft pick for the Tennessee Titans. So focus on those top guys up front. Again, I like Malik Willis, not expecting him to be available for the Titans. Really like Desmond Ritter uh, as a ready-to-go option. Like Matt Corral as a guy to sit behind Ryan Tannehill and learn for a year. Um, not as high on Sam Howe and Kenny Pickett in that top tier of guys. But that's going to do it for our first installment in the Locked on Titans 2022 NFL Draft Preview. Went through the entire quarterback position. Let me let me know down below who you guys want the Titans to take if they take a quarterback. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.